With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think since uh, football season is officially over now, I can preach as long as I want, right? <laughs> yeah, how's everybody today? It's, a, it's just a game. It's just a game. Just a game. It's just a rule. <laughs> I mean, it's just a rule. Football season's over for me before the playoffs even started, so <laughs> I got no skin in that game. <clears throat> okay. So I, I think that you guys would agree that there's no question that the story of redemption uh, demonstrates how much God values us. Think what. What Jesus did makes a value statement. And that statement was about us. Jesus made a value statement about us when he, as Paul would say in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 7, made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Jesus himself took on the very nature of a servant as he came down and dwelt among us. And everything he did from that point on made a value statement about us. He came as a servant. And disciples of Jesus, we are to take on that same, that very same attitude that Jesus had, which is why John says, 1 John 2, 6, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did, or literally must walk as Jesus walked. Now, dem- Jesus demonstrated this aspect, this principle in his life to his apostles, his leaders, his chosen leaders. He demonstrated it to them what this looks like, and he literally taught them this in words, which is why he said in Mark chapter 10, Beginning verse 43, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Understanding in the context, he is talking to his apostles, his chosen leaders who among themselves are debating on who is going to be the greatest among him. Who is going to sit at his left hand and his right hand. And Jesus said, no, no, no. It's not how you typically see things being done here. This is not going to be the norm. In fact, we're going to turn things upside down. And he says, whoever wants to be the leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. And to give his life as a ransom for many. And Jesus would go on through his life, with his life, demonstrate what this looks like to his apostles. Now, you need to understand... And it's very helpful that when you read the gospel accounts, that first and foremost, 
looking into the historical context, you're getting a glimpse, a picture, uh, a window of opportunity to see Jesus himself disciple these particular men that he had chosen. It's very beneficial for us to look at the Gospels and read them with that in mind. And then understanding that as you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're reading those from the perspective of the writer to the intended audience. And so there's another context to consider. But first and foremost, understanding that this is a glimpse into what it looks like to disciple people. And Jesus, one of the, one of the aspects of what Jesus did was show what it means to be a servant and to serve others. He demonstrated this with his life. And he taught this to his leaders, his chosen leaders. These were the expectations that he had of them. And in fact, one of the final lessons that he teaches them is right before he goes to the cross and he washes the feet of his disciples. That is a phenomenal lesson, especially to leaders. Jesus says, you do as I have done. Demonstrating the heart of a servant. Jesus says, listen, I am the master, I am teacher, yes. No less is going to be expected of the servant or of the student. And so Jesus says, listen, as your master, as your teacher, I humble myself and wash your feet. I humbled myself and served you. I didn't come to be served, but to serve. You must do the same. So that was an expectation that Jesus had of his chosen leaders. But yet, that was the expectation that these guys took into the future. And in fact, as you read throughout the rest of the New Testament, it is a principle that you will find over and over and over again. Specifically, one place where Paul, in a context, is explaining to people that you are no longer binded by the law of the Old Testament, the law of Moses. He says, you have freedom, you are free. And he says this, he says, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Use your freedom to serve one another in love. I like to say it this way. If you love, you will serve. If you love, you will keep my commandments. And John goes on to say in another place that, listen, love is this, keeping the commands. And guess what? God commands you to love. So regardless of how you look at it, regardless of how you approach it, guess what's going to happen? You're going to love. Can't get around it. Can't get around it. But in this context, he says this. Use your freedom to do what? To serve one another. How? In love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Implied is this. If you're going to love your neighbor, you're going to serve him. Or, as I like to say it, if you love your neighbor, <laughs> you will be serving them. In fact, North Point's mission is to be madly in love with God, to love others, and to make disciples. Loving others. It's going to happen. It's going to be demonstrated. When we serve. And so what are North Point's core values as we're going through this month? If you haven't been with us, let me kind of catch up to speed here. We're talking about what are our core values as a family, as a Christian family, as a Christian community, as God's people, as the body of Jesus, right? We're striving to be the hands and the feet of Jesus here. 
What are our core values, and what, what, do we, what do we value? Well, we value connecting, making relationships that are life-changing, seeing this as something more than just I go to church. We don't want you just to attend, we want you to attach. We value growing, that's spiritual maturity. God even expects that. God wants us to, at some point, to be able to do the very thing that has been done to us, mentored, shown, guide, lead. But we also value serving. Serving. So as we said before, we kind of looking at this as, as a journey. Life is a journey and everyone's in different places. And as a family, we strive to serve the spiritual, the emotional, yes, even the physical needs that come along with this journey. And as we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus serving people wherever they are with whatever need that they may have. Whether it's within North Point in our local community or even abroad, which I thought you saw a pretty good example of what that looks like. But here's the thing. We also believe that the journey is not just about receiving, but it's also about giving back. See, because you're typically, especially within our culture now, church is viewed as a place where you can go and be served. May I take your order? And now, we understand that there is a perspective wherein you, look, you can look at the church, the body of Christ, as a place where you can find healing, and we believe that. And so we want to help provide for the spiritual and the emotional and the physical needs that come along. And we do some things like that, right? One of the biggest, biggest ministries we have is kids in divorce. Where we minister to families who are going through a very devastating time. And if you've been through that, you know someone who's been through that, I think we're all touched by it somehow. You know how difficult of a time that can be. And it's an amazing how you can see how, the, yes, even the spiritual and the emotional and yes even the physical needs are, are being met in some way or another and so yet we do things like this on and on but that's this is the reason why because we value we value serving but it's not just about receiving it's also about giving back and so yes we want to provide a place where you can receive emotional and physical and, and, and spiritual healing well, you can be served in these ways, but we also want to provide a place and a platform upon which you can turn around and as you have been served, now you can give back and you can serve others. Because this isn't just about receiving. It's also about giving back. So here's the thing. If serving is truly going to be a core value, remember we said this? You can say you can state core values all day long, right? Things that are important to you that take precedence of your priorities. You can state those things all day long, but unless they have an active influence over your life, they're nothing more than words. They're nothing more than words. We want this to be a reality, and if we're going to make and if serving is going to be truly a core value, we must value what God values. God values people. God values people. So that means we must value 
people. So how do we, how do, we do that? How do we make serving, how does, how does that become truly a core value? Right? Where we actually, remember, we're valuing people. We're going to make a value statement. Remember that. Regardless, you make a value statement all day long. Every time you come in contact with someone, you make a value statement. Remembering that everyone you come in contact with is someone that God values. Everyone. How do we make this a reality? Where serving is at the core of who we are. Well, the first thing I would like to suggest to you is that we got to stop acting like the world revolves around us. As individuals and even, even as a, a faith community, we cannot act like the world revolves around us. When we look at Philippians chapter 2, some passages that were read this morning. I want to look at two verses here in a little bit more detail. Notice what he says. And if you, you're, you wanted to know, the translation I use is the NLT, the New Living Translation. Some people ask because they like the way it reads. That's what I use because people like the way it reads and I like the way it reads. So just for your information. Philippians chapter 2 and verse, beginning verse 3. He says, listen, don't be selfish. Remember, the world cannot revolve around us. And it starts with us saying, I am not going to be selfish. And in the Greek, this is a word that represented this idea of electioneering. In other words, putting yourself forward. Pushing yourself forward. So you say, for instance, you have an item of agendas at a meeting. And you have this one particular thing that you want to present. You do everything you can to push it forward to where it is top priority. Paul says, do not be selfish. So in the context of humans, in the context of relationships, in the context of trying to make serving a core value, it all cannot be about me. I cannot constantly begin, uh, keep putting myself as a priority over other things, over other people. So he says, don't be selfish. Then he says, don't try to impress Others, very simply, in our today's language, we would say, stop being arrogant. Literally, the word means arrogance. Don't be selfish. Don't be arrogant. Instead, he says, be, be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Yeah, you read that right. Really? Thinking of others as better than yourselves. It's all about the mindset. Literally, he says this. Don't have an overinflated view of who you really are. Literally, that's what that means. Don't have an overinflated view of who you really are. And how do we do that? By humbling ourselves, right? Humbling ourselves. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on. He says, don't look out only for your own interests. But take an interest in others too. And when we do that, we make a value statement about them. That says, you know, I am concerned about what interests you. I am concerned about your opinion on this. I am concerned about where you are in your journey and how this is going to affect you. Yes, I am concerned about these things. It's not just about what I want. In the context where he says, that's exactly what Jesus did. 
He didn't look at his, his place as something to hold on to with everything that he had. Instead, he let it go. And he came in the form of a man. And he took upon himself the form of a servant. Because that's what servants do. The servants serve. And when Jesus did that, he made a value statement about us. Now, understand this. We're going to make a value statement about other people. And if, and if serving is going to be at the core of who we are, we must value what God values. Because what better example do we have of what it means to serve? We must value people. Every person we come in contact with, we're going to make a value statement about them. Sometimes it's demonstrated. Sometimes it's just in here. But every person we come in contact with, we're going to make a value statement about. The question is, what is that statement? If this is going to be at the core of who we are, the world cannot revolve around us. And so taking into consideration the things that Paul states here. If we are going to serve, we must look to the interests of others, which means what? I got to get to know what the interests of others are. That's where the whole connecting thing comes into play. I actually got to know. I actually got to understand. I actually got to take the time to see where you are. So that I may, and what's that going to take? Humble myself to reach you where you are. So, We've got to take an interest in other people. And we, we've got to learn what their interests are, where they are, their point of view, their position, all those things. Secondly, we must become generous towards other people. We must stop looking at things and saying, what's in it for me? If I'm going to do this, we do things, why? We say yes, because we've already thought through the process. What's in it for me? If we're going to be generous towards others with our time, with our resources, we must stop asking the question, what's in it for me? What was in it for Jesus? And finally, we have to lose our sense of entitlement. Really? I don't, I don't have a title, really. Let me set up a scenario for you. You're at your favorite restaurant. Sitting across the way with your favorite person. Restaurant's busy. It's crazy. But you made reservations. You got in on time. You had your nice little spot set. Favorite table, right? You don't know the, the waiter. But they come up and they taste your order. The night's going okay. Good conversation. All of a sudden, you realize you've been sitting there for 30 minutes, and that waiter hasn't come back to your table. You got your drinks, but he never took your order for food. And then when he finally comes back 45 minutes later, right, he takes your order, he brings it back, and he gets it wrong. At this point, you're so upset that you don't, even, you don't want to deal with it. You just want to eat. You just want to go. Get rid of it. And he senses 
the fact that you're unhappy with what's going on. Through your attitude, body language, every time he approaches your table. Question. Have you ever found yourself in that scenario? Not getting the greatest service in the world? I know I have. Let me give you a little advice, fathers. Tell your daughters that if you want to know what that girl can expect from that boy, see how they respond and react and how they treat their waiters and waitresses because that's exactly how they're going to treat you. Do we have this sense of entitlement? Do we say this? I am more valuable than the service that I am receiving. Or do we say, you know what? They're more valuable than the service that I'm giving. We must, if we're going to serve, if we're going to put the interest of others before ourselves, if we're truly going to see, I didn't write this stuff, guys. He says, thinking of others as better than yourself. If we're really going to see people that way, we must lose our sense of entitlement. The world doesn't revolve around us. And we have to stop seeing ourselves as being more valuable than the service that we're receiving. Instead, seeing others as being more valuable than the service that we ourselves are giving. Jesus made a value statement about us. We influence others by the value statement we make about them. We are going to make a statement regardless question is, is the statement that we make about others, is it going to be made through us serving them? We value the concept of serving because it makes a value statement about other people. And we value other people because Jesus valued us. And we're his disciples. We're going to value what he values. So do we value serving? Let's pray. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.